back. Thanks to y'all for tuning in or tuning in again. And in case you weren't with us for the first part of the show, I'm Daniel Aaron, and this is The Art of Vibrant Living. We are joined blessedly today by Debbie Williamson, who is um, an incredible entrepreneur, a great friend, a master teacher. And we were, we were just starting to talk about, you know, what are the the obstacles or challenges with people being able to express themselves. What are the, what's the impact of self-expression, the lack of it or the, the freedom of it in terms of creating a vibrant life and, you know, and, and how do we move beyond it? Let's, let me switch gears though for a second, Debbie, and ask you, um, w- were you always um, so free and able to express yourself or what's been your relationship with this topic in your life? Because not everybody here is so lucky as me to know you so well yet. Tell us more. Uh, I've always been paralyzed. I'm one that, like all through school, grade school, high school, I didn't say a word. My last name started with a B and I was always in the front row. So the teachers would call on me and I I couldn't speak. Um, A lot of people thought I was stuck up. Uh, I was shy. I, you know, I always took on this lie of like, I'm the shy girl. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I don't have anything of value to say. And it was really difficult for me. I, I, I think it took me until maybe my 30s before I really started to break free. Wow. That, and for y'all that don't know Debbie, I mean, you can feel it now how, um, how self-expressive she is and how comfortable she is on camera. Um, if you haven't seen her teaching, though, what she just said, would you would be tempted to say, you're lying. No way. That can't be the truth. Um, and I, I can relate, of course, and I know from my own experience that um, shyness or introversion is something that a lot of people that have, in a way, the most to say or the most to share really struggle with. And so what, well, what changed it for you, though? How did, how did that switch? I, I think the big thing is um, really understanding what other people get, why they say what they say, how they operate, what they do. I think it was really a way of, um, for me to kind of look at others and get an understanding, you, you mentioned a story about your your daughter meeting some not so nice people, and it was changing the switch. Instead of going, if they're not so nice, maybe asking, why aren't they so nice? You know, maybe what's you know, how can I understand what they're going through? And, and I think as I started to explore. Um, maybe this is why this person was a little nasty to me, or this is why this person was nice to me. Uh, really, you know, using other people as a study, it showed me, whoa, maybe this is why I'm shy or think I have nothing of value to say. Uh, and it really was um, the study of people. You know, instead of believing I'm shy, is looking at others like, how is this person so outgoing? And, and what are they doing? They're, they're fearless. How did they get fearless? And then how is this person trapped very similar to me? So I would look at, you know, other people that were in the same situation where I knew they had a lot to say and they were friendly and they were great one-on-one, but get them in a crowd and they're paralyzed. And I think when I understood, oh, I, I see, you know, they're maybe afraid to make a mistake or, you know, they have these same fears and I see in them that that's, that's just not true. That's not who they are. And then it was like, oh, whoa. You know, that's the same for me. It's not true. There are, because when I speak, people want to hear me speak or they ask me to speak more. Why, you know, why are they asking for more of me? Because I do have something of value. And I think sometimes the people who 
have the greatest fear, they're the ones, a switch happened. Like the people who don't want to fight, those are the people I want to send to war. The people who are afraid to, you know, speak and and tell us about everything that's going on, like those are the people that should be speaking. You know, it's it's the ones that never question or had doubts. Um, I, I don't know. I, I sometimes think think our paralysis um, is because we overthink things, and once we release that, um, you know, we should. It's. It's not, I like the idea of speaking or I like the idea of being on TV, like it scares the hell out of me or, or a, a Facebook show, but that's the person that we probably want to be on. Not somebody who craves that attention, somebody who's afraid um, of what they have to share. And maybe that's the, the person we should hear from. And that, that kind of switched it for me. You know, can I be the, the speaker for those that are afraid to speak? Can I take the risk for those that are afraid to take the risk? You know, somebody has to be a trailblazer. Somebody has to break, you know, the the four minute mile and then 12 people break the four minute mile. You know, somebody's got to step up and and have that breakthrough. For somebody who's easy, they they don't understand the difficulty. And and that comes in like teaching yoga. I feel like I've had the hardest time figuring out my body in these yoga poses that I can teach anybody just about anything because I've had to try so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you reminded me of one of my favorite lines from serious literature, and it is, I am the Lorax, I speak for the trees. And uh, if y'all don't know that, it's from uh, Dr. Seuss, highbrow literature. And, and, and it makes so much sense what you said, Debbie, you know, there's uh, there's that um, Zen saying that the truth cannot be said. Often the people that are saying so much that we need to be aware of and aware. Um, and take this a little further because you said, and I and I know it's true because I know you that it scares you to to go in front of a crowd and 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 then you do it so beautifully. And like you said, I've seen it too. People like, what we want more. They want more, more Debbie. What is it that? Um, gets you over the edge though in those moments when you're like ah, I don't want to do it and then and then you do what what what, what how does that happen you know it, it goes back it, it's kind of a simple story but my father what he always he wanted a, a boy and I was his firstborn a daughter so I really got into all the, the male sports and I was a third base woman <laughs> for baseball and I said I'm so afraid the ball's gonna like knock my teeth out or knock me over and he said if you have fear take a step forward, you know, then you're in charge, you're in control of your life. And I always think of playing like third base because I have to stand in front of the base, you know, in front of the baseline. And I think every time I'm afraid, take a step forward, you know, now you're in action. And as soon as you get in action, there's kind of a sense of like, I'm doing it, I'm okay, keep going. And, you know, then just the natural, like I have all the training, I have all the tools, it's that first step. So I always think as soon as fear comes, take that step forward. And then yeah. I'm in it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you were saying before about action and, um, you know, moving forward into the fear uh, is, is such a powerful thing. And something you said earlier reminded me too of what one of my yoga teachers said to me uh, early in my yoga life, which really pissed me off. Um, you know, which of course is always a sign that there's good truth in it. And um, she said, 
shyness is really selfishness. And, you know, and I was, I was proud of my, my shyness. I was like, you know, I, I thought myself like I, I wore it almost like a badge and, and I heard her say that. And I just want to say, not you know, it, and then of course, when I thought about it and she explained it more, it, it's so true because what we do when we're shy is we make ourselves more important. Um, we make ourselves the focus. And what you were saying, part of what you did when you were a kid is you started to understand other people and say, well, what's going on with them? And why is that for them? And, and I wonder if this is the case for you too. Um, because similar for me, I don't like uh, necessarily being on stage. I'd rather be, uh, you know, with, with a friend or at home or alone. And part of what motivates me is I feel like, I don't know, there's something that needs to be said or something that I can offer. And I remember when I first, um, at a certain point in my yoga teaching, I saw the power of chanting and I saw people were chanting and playing the harmonium and, and I had always been so mortified at my own voice and singing voice. And, you know, as a kid, they told me I was tone deaf and but I just thought, you know, it's it's such a value to the people in the class. I, I got to do it anyway. And I, I remember the first few times that I did it and, I, and I'm still a horrible chanter, you know, I'm, I'm a, and I got over that fear by just doing it. And and I'm confident that it brings something to the class. And and it's maybe not the beauty of my voice, though, maybe in some way, part of what we bring is um, the, the the vision that it's OK to face your fears and that you will survive when you do so. Um, does that make sense to you? It does. It's, it's I, I think what shines beautifully is the bravery. You know, it's, it's taking that brave chance to do something that is uncomfortable. And that's how we grow. It's like being a beginner again. You know, when we're a beginner or a child, we're fearless. And, you know, there's nothing holding us back. And our mind creates so much. And then we get a little older. And, you know, rather than creating, our mind is telling us all the things that we shouldn't do or can't do. And, and it's getting back to that creativity. And, and to use our tool, our body's our instrument. The more you use your tool, I think, the more you turn on that creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and what would you say then, um, all right, to help us all get, a, and, and our, our viewers to get a little more motivation and courage in it, um, What's the negative impact of not uh, expressing ourselves, of not um, really being authentic or saying what we feel? Well, I think in, in, in expression, there's so much freedom. And when you don't express, there's that trap of feeling like, I don't have freedom, I don't have choices, uh, I'm stuck. And it's like taking that first step when you start to get into a you know, expressing somehow, you know, even if it's journaling or um, talking to a stranger, when you get into that, that's where, you know, that the happiness comes, the joy comes, and then uh, that fuels our passion and we do it more. If we don't do that, we keep retreating and retreating. Yeah, I'm with you. It's uh, the part of the way I think of it is, um, I love the expression, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And in, in, in our emotional life, if we are, um, if we're not allowing anger to, for ourselves to feel anger or not allowing ourselves to feel fear, then equally we're not able to feel joy and love. You know, we can't, we can't tampen one thing down and fully enjoy another thing. 
and and I think in a way it's the same with self-expression. If we're if we're not a courageous enough to say the things that are difficult, um, we we block the flow of our life in so many other ways, mm-hmm. and there's just such joy and, and we can see it in kids there's such joy that radiates from um, being able to be ourselves and just let it go and shine out and you know the funny uh, judge us or would think we're good enough and you know people do that anyway and who people end up loving the most in the world are the people that are authentically themselves and are just sharing who they are yeah, and I think sometimes it's just saying some of the things out loud, like, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling sad right now. And then like you have that moment and then, you know, how do you feel in the next moment? And, you know, that sounds simple, but it's, it's so easy to, you know, like always try to be happy. Like people will say, you're happy all the time. And I say, no, I'm not. You know, I have moments where I just sit and I, I feel lonely. I feel sad. But sometimes I say it out loud. And again, that's like, putting some energy behind it and going like, it's okay. You know, there's a lot of things that are okay. There's a lot of things that aren't okay. And we still have bad feelings, but we have to release it. You know, even, even if it becomes like a tantrum, like a child, um, you know, I, I love watching kids when they, you know, have this outbreak and then when they're done, they're like, okay, you know, where's the ice cream? You know, it's like, what's next? It's like, they move through it. And I think that's part of the process is we have to keep moving through. You know, not everything is going to work out okay, but now, okay, what do I have a choice in this moment? You know, is there something I can do? Is there a new way to look at it? Uh, what's a first step I can take? Yeah, I remember when I first started studying writing, I came across a, <clears throat> a uh, quotation that said, the authentic expression of feeling is instantaneously transformative. You know, the authentic expression of feeling is instantaneously transformative because like when we actually say it, then it changes because we've named it. It's like, Oh, okay. That's what that is. Cool. That's okay. It's, you know, I can have that or not have it. And you know, a, a great experiment and I encourage everybody to do this. It's so cool is to actually break free from the norm, normal expectations in uh, social situations, ones like where you're at the grocery store or you're on a telephone call and someone says, how are you? And of course, what people expect is to hear, oh good, or I'm fine, or eh, I'm getting by. Um, but to actually say something unexpected and to say something real, and I've done it before where I say, you know, actually, I feel really like dog crap right now. I just feel like shit. Um, and, and when, you know, sometimes people are just like shocked by that. And so many times, though, people are like, wow, thank you for being honest. And equally, when I say, you know, I'm feeling amazing, I'm feeling so great right now, people are like, oh, wow, we get to be honest with this? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just, to me, it's like that, that, being willing to express ourselves and say what's real is in some ways the essence of vibrant living. It's allowing ourselves to be, to be fully alive. Hmm. And good. I was going to say, I think it's great practice, um, you know, to really like in those moments, can you just tap into what, what's really happening now? Um, and even to transform that into what you want to create for yourself. Like when I teach yoga teachers, 
in the studio that I used to own, I would make them go across the street to the gas station and they'd have to go shake hands with the cashier at the gas station and say, hey, I'm Debbie, I'm an amazing yoga teacher. And I would have students that would cry and couldn't say it. And then some students that would, you know, go over there and say it and come skipping back across the street to the studio and say, wow, you know, that I said it like I believed it. And it, it's one of my, my models that, you know, if you want to create the life you're in, you've got to stand in those shoes now today. You can't wait for someday in the future. So if you want to be this amazing yoga teacher, amazing chef or whatever it is, stand in those shoes for a moment and even just say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Debbie, um, I just saw a, a question pop up and brings me to um, an important point. And I'm sure you have something to say about this. Um, you know, in the example that you gave with the yoga students, what happens for people if the person they're saying it to uh, doesn't accept it or um, rejects them in some way? You know, what's what happens for the person who's stepping into that? Well, and, you know, to be honest, we've never had a rejection. We've had people go, oh, okay. Or, you know, really, oh, that sounds really cool. Or just no response. And I, and I think, you know, we have to understand, um, like a lot of times, you're almost talking like a confrontation. And I love um, Baron Baptiste. He always says with a confrontation, confrontation, either it fits, it doesn't fit, um, you say thank you, or there's no response. And I love that tool of, like if you say something and, and somebody confronts you, you can say, yeah, that fits. You know, I'm, and, and then maybe you apologize or you know, you're confirming that, yes, I was out of place. Or it doesn't fit. And I don't have to carry any any hard feelings over it. Or thank you, like I wasn't aware, and thank you, now I'm aware in this confrontation, or no response is needed. And I think when you have those tools, it's a little easier to navigate. Like if somebody does, you know, if, if they reject that, um, I'm not sent back into, oh, I suck, I'm not a good teacher, I'll never be a good teacher. It's more of, huh, well, it, it doesn't fit. Or, you know, thank you for expressing what you feel. Yeah, and and I'm with you, and I'll take it a step further and say uh, I have actually learned to appreciate it when someone quote unquote rejects me because they're not rejecting me; they're saying, you know, um, I'm into something else, and what I want is, you know, on, on this show and in my trainings and the people I work with, I wanna I wanna be myself and share from my heart and give everything I can. And I want it to reach the people for whom that's cool. They want it and it's useful to them. And if it's not for someone else, perfect. That's great that, you know, there's gotta be another teacher, another thousand teachers or friends that are workable for them. Um, but the worst would be is if I try and, you know, pretend I'm somebody else in hopes that somebody will like me. Cause if they do like me, they're not liking me. They're liking the thing I was pretending to be. So we're both all twisted into some kind of crazy knot. So it's just so much better. And, and it works in dating too, um, you know, to just like, like hey, this, this is who I am. And, and if you love it and if you don't, awesome. There are, you know, uh, I forget how many, a whole bunch of people on the planet right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, let me pause for a second. I'll pause and say um, a word about longevity drops. And 
Longevity Drops is a formula created by David Wolf, and it's got some incredible, powerful herbs in it, including chaga, sustantia, um, and you know, herbal medicine, sorry, I've been living overseas, herbal medicine, we're in it for those in America, um, is really about getting to our own essence. And uh, part of what I love about it, yeah, there you're seeing it come up on the screen now, the Hoshu Wu and some, you know, some of the most powerful herbs when we take them in this really pure formula. And I love that they did it in such a pure way with no alcohol and a really high quality coconut glycerin. Um, what it does is help us remember who we are. It brings us back in touch with our essence and gives us even more vitality to, um, to be true, to be courageous, to live how we want to be. Um, it's, you know, when I first met David, it was 20 something years ago. And I, and I, I started working with him because I trusted him because I knew he was someone who really had done the research and um and everything that he talked about and shared is stuff that he was doing himself and you know and i guess that brings me around in a way to back to our topic which is um i think you for yoga teachers or teachers or anybody that just to share more of themselves um is to to be to be real with ourselves to share what's true like you know, I talk about challenging yourself on the yoga mat, say, um, and I can only do that, of course, because that's what I do in my own life. And that's how I um, operate in myself. And is there anything you could say, Debbie, about um, authenticity as a teacher, as a speaker, as a coach and, and, and doing our own work and being real in that way? Yeah, I think people always want to know, like, how do you do it? Well, that's for me and my way of doing it is when you tap into what's your unique talent and your way of doing it, you know, run your business the way you want to run your business, teach your yoga class the way you want to teach your class, you know, don't teach Debbie's class, don't run your business the way Debbie does is, you know, you figure out your style and, and what works for you. And that's going to be beautiful. People will see that that's what makes you happy. That's what brings the vibrancy that's what you know creates all of this energy when you do it your way you know not the way you should or you could but how do you want to do it yeah yeah all right well so um you know you are an amazing yoga teacher and i want to share a little bit about what we're up to in may at omega in a minute but tell us because you're on a whole new adventure in the chocolate world what's going on there well, I've, I've always played with like raw foods and raw chocolate, and I wanted to open um, a new business moving to Kauai. And I thought, you know, maybe it's a yoga studio because it's something that, you know, I'm good at. And I thought, well, what's different though? What can I do that's unique and can still um, utilize my talents? And I actually thought about, well, you know, maybe a laundromat. We really need one here. And, you know, I'm a good businesswoman and everybody needs, you know, fresh, clean clothes. And I could do something like even for the homeless. And, and you know, I researched that. And then, I, you know, I wanted to look at like, what will help Kauai? You know, I want to I wanna help where I live. And looking at the crop of cacao or chocolate, I thought, you know, that's something that seems to have some energy and is growing. And I love chocolate and I love making chocolate as, you know, I know you do too. And I thought, well, what about a chocolate business? You know, could I be successful running a chocolate business? And I thought, well, yeah, I could be successful at anything. You know, there's no limits. There's, you know, nothing that'll stand in my way. So I decided to like design a kitchen 
design, you know, an education program because I'm good at educating, but also make great chocolate. So I opened Wild Kauai Chocolate uh, with my yoga business partner, Kelly Lynn Knott, and it's successful. And it's because we have that attitude that we're in it for the long haul, we will make it work, and we're going to do it our way. <laughs> and it's working. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I remember uh, reading years ago in uh, Jim Collins' business book, Good to Great, and he said the, the measure uh, for whether to take on a project or open a business is it has to answer three questions. Um, and the first question is, is it going to be a contribution to the world? And you just talked about that. Is it going to do some good? Is it going to uplift the world in some way? The second is, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be fun? You know, am I going to enjoy it? Am I passionate about it? And the third one is, can I be the best in the world at it? And, and you know, and we don't have to take that quite literally. You, you know, you don't have to be the best chocolate maker in the world, though I think you've, you've shown us really well um, that maybe you are, or maybe you have created wild kawaii chocolate to be something that has never existed. And, you know, I've been, uh, well, we've both been in the yoga world for a long time, and for me with yoga teacher training and, and i'm in this cool place uh, and you're joining me of coming back to the us and offering my next training at omega institute in may and and i was recently playing around with it again saying all right well i'm, I'm in a whole new chapter of my life and do i do i still want to teach uh yoga do i still lead yoga teacher trainings and and i and i realized i you know just naturally applied those same questions i thought yeah i do because we have the ability to create something that has never been before. And, and I remember it was, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something, you and I were talking about it and saying, hey, you know, yoga is still growing. It's still getting bigger. Everybody knows what yoga is. And most people think of yoga as a, uh, as a fitness thing and yoga teachers as somebody who helps me to get uh, healthier and yoga as something I should do. So, you know, I'm so grateful for you being involved in the training we're doing at Omega, um, in part because we have this great opportunity to not only help people become great yoga teachers, um, really skilled as leaders and expressing themselves, but to, to really be, um, well, in Gandhi's words, to be the change that they want to see. And, and part of how I love creating it and why there's not any other trainings like this is that we get to play with people like you and you know incredible faculty um and you know, most teacher trainings these days are people that have been teaching for a year or two or three um and it's oftentimes one teacher the whole way you know and and because we're at omega we get to bring Pema children to be part of it we get to have um, musicians just today um dj mantra decided he's going to join us and um so you know, for any of y'all that are watching and considering and thinking about it, it only would work for you or fit for you if you are um, interested in yoga, interested in yourself, if you're courageous. It doesn't matter if you have any experience, really. What matters is that whether you want to teach or not, that you want to dive in to really find out who you are and be able to express yourself in the fullest ways possible and thrive in a vibrant life and thriving in a vibrant life, self-expression. 
I suspect our time is going to wrap up soon, Debbie, after we've had a, a couple of uh, Facebook kerfuffles today. <laughs> what else do you feel like is um, would be most useful or important for people to know about um, tapping into the tools and really um, feeling free and confident to express themselves? Well, I think, you know, to know that the, the tools are within you. So do some things that are simple. You know, like we said, uh, you know, maybe it's journal, maybe it's, you know, some of your posts on Facebook. Um, you know, I know at, when I used to post, I would be so afraid to hit like, you know, post, like get yourself out there more um, practicing, have the conversations at the grocery store, introduce yourself to a new friend. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be anything like grand. It can be that, that the simplest thing of, you know, say hi to the person sitting next to you on the bus. It all starts with those tiny, tiny little, um, you know, first steps, those things that, you know, maybe are, are paralyzing or maybe not. Maybe you love talking to people, but now, you know, talk in a way that it comes from really deep down, you know, something that you've got to dig a little bit for, not just something on the surface. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Sometimes it's the pebbles that lead us to the boulders, just those little pieces. And what's also really useful with that is um, tap into when you face even a little fear, you know, whether that's walking up to someone you're attracted to or, or hitting post on the Facebook thing, um, I want to go out with you, or they look at you like you're crazy, or they worship you for being so free. Whatever happens in them, notice what happens inside yourself in that moment when you um, step up to your fear when you, you know, as you said, Debbie, as you take a step closer into the fear, because I guarantee you invariably what will happen is there will be a bubble and an emergence of energy in you. Your vitality will increase and you will be more alive. And from that, you will know that you are infinite. You will know that you can do more. And every time we do that, each, each little one we get stronger, we get more courageous, we actually build the confidence that, you know what, I can do this, I can do anything. Right on. <laughs> right on! <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you know what, I'm thinking probably this is, um, this is about uh, enough for us right now. It's been a, uh, a wild, kawaii, chocolate sort of Facebook ride today. Um, uh, people will be able to find you. Well, most important question, Debbie, do we have to go to Kauai to get the chocolate? Well, right now we're not shipping. Um, but when I do come to Omega in May, I'm bringing loads of chocolate and can ship from there. Um, <laughs> so I will bring a lot and, uh, we're working on that, but you can, you can check us out at wildkawaiichocolate.com. And if you really are desperate for the chocolate, you know, tell me that. I maybe can make things happen for you. Debbie is definitely a woman who can make things happen for <laughs> you. By the way, um, Debbie um, will also be with us on the Vibrant Life Activation, which is the four-day um, immersive, amazing transformational ride that is the start of the teacher training in May. Um, and that's May 2 through 6. And once again, I say... Thank you to Longevity Drops for sponsoring us, for giving us this opportunity to get together. Um, thanks to Tom for operating and running it for us and getting it all going. Um, and Debbie, thanks to you for joining, for taking time out of your chocolate day. And, um, and you know, and even more than, than that, 
for having already worked so hard to overcome your own shyness and challenges um, so that you are a luminary with something to offer for, for living that in the world. Oh, thank you, Daniel. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right on. And, um, and to y'all who are watching, the big thanks goes to you because you're tuned in, you're tapped in, and, um, and you're doing something about it. And I would love to hear from you, by the way, if, um, if you take on one of these pieces of information and you apply them, you put into action, let us know what your success is, what happens. And if I can be of service to you, it would be my honor. So y'all, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Daniel Aaron. This was and always shall be the art of vibrant living. See you later.